This is an All Things Nerd production. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Kobolds in the Basement podcast. My name is Chad Hilson, your dungeon master. We are joined with Dave Morris, Caster Flamebeard, Shalone Diceland, Luminora, and Stephen Diceland, Valerian. All right, let's get into it. This is Kobolds in the Basement. All right, before we get started, let's do a quick recap of what happened last time. It was King Johannes IV's name day, his 25th name day. During that time, our heroes, through various means, whether sneaking in, talking their way in, or signing up for the tournament, found their way inside the king's court for the more exclusive celebration of his birthday. We saw Luminora go through a tournament where she came out victorious over Sir Russell, the Jackalware. Also during that time, we saw uh, Valerian sneak his way through the crowds, gathering some information, hearing whispers of violence and darkness rising in the lands. A name stuck out that he did not recognize, Sozeb. And then in true cast flamebeard fashion uh he snuck into the dining hall and helped around got some free ale and free food helped the the staff there at the end of the tournament before the king could give out his boons to the victors of the tournament darkness rolled through the sky the king was lifted off the ground in a mysterious voice in everyone's heads was talking about how this king was unfit and the real rulers uh, were there to save them all. The king was then assassinated through snapping bones, a snapped neck, and thrown over the walls of the king as some of the heavier protesting civilians dropped dead as well, only to be reanimated as undead. And alongside some cult followers, they started to wreak havoc on our heroes. During that time, we got to see how truly brutal Caster Flamebeard is, both with his Warhammer and his trusty steed Gilly, as just stomped the living shit out of several undead and cult members. Also, during that time, we saw... (laughs) Gilly doing her best Miley Cyrus and coming in like a wrecking ball. (laughs) <laughs> don't you ever say um also during that time uh valerian and luminora were fighting in the courtyard as so many people fled taking on multiple undead and cultists only for luminora to be struck down luckily caster came busting in on gilly after wiping out his enemies to bring her back to her feet where they finally vanquished those enemies in the courtyard. Before they got a chance to run off and heal, or flee, or just get away, they were surrounded by 
the king's guard, which told them to lay down their arms and arrested them for the havoc that happened. And that's where we are beginning this week. So, everyone, you are now all in jail. You are arrested basically only because you are the only ones left standing after that brutal fight. So if everyone could drag themselves onto the map here into your own individual cells. Those are some giant beds. Yeah, that did not scale well, did it? <laughs> but yeah, go ahead and pick a pick a room. You guys are not going to be sequestered in the same room together. Um, basically, you can assume that Gilly is just tied up in the stables at that point in time. And that's where we are. So, during this time, you know, it's been about a week that you've been held here. So everyone's back up to full health. You got your long rest. Um, you're just all up and in here. You have some time to talk amongst yourselves, introduce yourselves, talk about that weird interaction with the, the mysterious voice, the cultists, the undead, and all of that stuff. So are you guys talking to each other? Are you sitting in solitude? Uh, so, what you in for? Ah, I'm sorry. That was some weird shit. I never wanted to hear that thing's voice again. Truth be told, I didn't know what to make of it. It's been a long... It's been a long, long time since I've heard that. Well, actually, would he? Would I have heard him towards the end of my recent adventures, or would that have been back pre-adventures, so to speak? Um, give me, uh, let's call that a perception check. That's only a nine. <laughs> only a nine. Um, you recognize the voice, um, from your later years. Okay, but, but I just. You don't know its face. Okay. I was just more thinking of if it was from my more recent encounters or much older encounters. So it's from the more recent ones. Yes. So it actually hasn't been that long since I've possibly heard it then. Yeah, Months. just within the past year, maybe two. Yeah. Well, I have a general idea of what we're dealing with. Didn't think they'd actually come this far. Quite the haul for them. Do you mean to tell me you've heard this creature before? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've stared him down, put my hammer into his shoulder too. That sounds dreadfully exciting, but altogether terrifying. Well, yeah, these these assholes are absolutely horrible monsters. We call the from the Murholds. We call them, and you probably know them as part of the Dalkir, dark monsters who, you know, are servants of. Stronger masters who, in the case of my family, know them living underneath the, the Moorholds. And part of the reason the Moorholds don't always get involved is they're too busy making sure nothing escapes from underneath the Moor to get out into the open. This guy and his pals, well, they're an especially terrifying group. They like to eat your brains, and I don't mean figuratively, they will literally eat your brains and I 
kind of turn around and show them the X-shaped scar on the back of my head where where it looks like it's not like little lines it looks like almost like four beaks tried to carve into his head great scott sir these things are powerful they're terrifying and if they've gotten their ship here that's really bad news cuz i got back here recently to this place and well, they, I was hoping they wouldn't be able to follow me. Are you saying you led them here, sir? Let's say it again. Are you telling me that you led them here, sir? I don't think that they could have followed me the way I traveled. Uh, plane shift is usually pretty hard to figure out. I would suspect they've been trying to get here for quite a while. Would I be right to suspect that these are bars and not walls? Yeah, it, they're... Yeah, like prison doors, cages. Okay, Luminara like goes right to the edge of this, right over here. Almost like trying to get a better look at this guy across from her. Oh yeah, I mean, Chaz just stands up and just walks over. I mean, like I said, he's a bridge dwarf. He's tall, man, but he's leaner looking. If I had my guesses, these guys aren't originally from Eberron. They probably have tried to hook up with their family that that had, lives down below with the Dalkir. And so they were probably already on their way here. I'm just surprised they got here this quickly. Last I knew, I was still a good 50 years away from here. 50 years? And with that, I mean, uh, Valyrian, as you're listening to Cass's story... um. Roll me, uh, like an an intelligence check, intelligence or history. So, as he's talking uh, about this, you start thinking back to just last week, and you remember hearing a voice that, or not a voice, but a name that you weren't familiar with, Sozeb, and it just keeps pinging when he's talking about, you know, the the family that were already here and the, the other masters and that name just keeps ringing in your head, just at the back of your memory. So I wonder if it has to do with a, uh, a certain Sozeb character. Uh, I can't. But have you heard of him? I can't say that I've ever heard that name. I don't typically try to get their names when I would come across these bastards. I'd much rather her smash their face and use part of their what's left of it for calamari than try to negotiate or talk names with these guys because they can't be reasoned with. How brutish. Well, it does sound effective. Sometimes people can't be reasoned with, and these, I wouldn't call these things people. I mean, they have many names. What they are. Some call them the Illithid in some circles. Other places, they're known as mind flares. I've been dealing with these things for over 350 years. And you guys would notice he looks at him, and I mean, you guys probably are familiar enough with dwarves to know. Cass looks like he's maybe 65 tops, and dwarves don't live that long, typically. So we're talking like middle-aged, or? I look like I'm 25 if I was a human. 
Gotcha. But dwarves usually max out their lives at around 300 years. That's it. As you guys are talking, I need you to all to roll me a perception check. Valyrian gets a 19. Uh, Luminara, do you want to give a perception check? I do, yes. Sorry, I just found it. Okay, no problem. Okay. So the out of the three of you, the only person that hears really anything during this conversation is going to be Valyrian. You you don't see anything, but you hear footsteps. But it doesn't sound like shoes or anything like that. It's almost like someone's walking barefoot, coming down the coming down the hall, uh, kind of like how over the past week the the guards would come down from you know this side and bring you food, water, send someone down to change the chamber pot, things like that. Kaz would, of course, try to sweet-talk his way into better food. (laughs) Give me a persuasion check. Everything's boiled. It's not seasoned. Oh, well. (laughs) Healthy, though. So, that's a general bit of my story. So, what brought you two to this town? I was just on my way back to the Moorholt when I heard about all this, and I'm still trying to figure out what's been going on at Eberron, because... I've been out of the loop for the last 350 years. Just as a side note, um, <clears throat> when Valyrian hears these like footsteps, he just kind of scoots over to the like the, the side of the cell to tactically, I suppose. <laughs> Does he hear that they're coming closer to us, I imagine? Uh, with the 19, it does sound like someone... Well, I mean, there's basically like stairs right here. There's There's probably a few more cells farther down but they're empty they didn't like coming in our general direction yeah like coming down the stairs towards you okay so yeah he'll uh he just kind of unfocuses from the conversation and, and tunes his ears to these uh these, these steps okay give me one more perception check just valerian <clears throat> gotta say you guys are taking this pretty well most people don't even believe me or freak okay. the f out with an eight uh valerian as you get up you know, the the rustling of your bed, your footsteps across your cell and things like that. You hear the footsteps stop. He still uh, kind of puts his back to the wall just uneasily, I suppose. But a little paranoid. Did you not hear that? Nah, I'm not known for the best hearing or sight. I'm more known for my charming wit or my ability to Smash things with a hammer. Wit, clearly. Perhaps I am just paranoid, but... Hey, just because you're paranoid doesn't mean people aren't out to get you. In my experience, sir, it's more often than not true. So I look over at Luminaris. So what's your story? I can talk for hours. I got stories to put you guys well at your own old age, but, you know, sooner or later you're going to get bored of listening to me. So Luminora is just kind of with her her back shoulders, just leaning against the bars now with her back facing facing you. And um, she's kind of just like twiddling her thumbs. And with the response, she says, I came for a pardon from the king, but I guess now that won't be happening. And just slowly like walks her way right here and sits down right on that bed, kind of keeping to herself. Aren't you two a bunch of chatty Cathy's? 
Pardon from the king. Those never come easy. They never come cheap. Even if you've been granted that from winning a tournament, there still would have been strings attached in my experience. She kind of just pops down with one swift movement and says it was worth worth a try. Oh, of course. Everything's worth a try. Well, almost everything. But gotta be realistic sometimes and, and say, yeah, that wasn't worth it. I'm better off just going somewhere else where, this, where I don't need a pardon or just beating the shit out of whoever thinks, you know, you need to get a pardon from. I must say, darling, you did win me a uh, handsome small bit of gold with your performance in that fight. She just, she says very harshly, you're welcome. Yeah, it's kind of closes his eyes for a second and just reaches out. It's like, well, at least so far they're treating Gilly okay. They do anything to hurt her, then there'll be real problems for them. As you finish that last sentence, I need one more perception check from everyone. Pass is not good at rolling skills with that nat one. <laughs> is that our first nat one From you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> A couple of your opponents definitely rolled nat ones. Oh, that was definitely Dave. <laughs> okay. So, this time, Luminora hears these soft, barefoot footsteps coming down the stairs. You still can't see anything. Are they coming from the same direction? Same direction, yep. So she swiftly gets up, moves to the other side of her cell. Can I do a perception check? Um, yep. Oh. Oof. Another <laughs> nat one. What's up, everyone? Are you like me and my friends, where your food tends to be lacking just a little something extra? If you are... Look no further than Crybaby Craig's Hot Sauce to fix all of your seasoning and spice needs. From adding a little bit of heat or just enhancing the flavor, this pickled habanero and garlic hot sauce will go on practically anything. Started by Craig himself in Minnesota, this sauce has become the staple of sauces and flavor enhancers across the lands for many, many moons. If you don't believe me, check out crybabycraigs.com and order yours today to, well, quite frankly, better your life. Or at least your taste buds. But be sure to let them know we sent you and enjoy the best damn hot sauce there is. Again, that's crybabycraigs.com and let them know that we sent you. With... With that, I'm not even going to ask you to, to give me a stealth check as well. Um, you get up so fast that you knock something off of your bed. It clangs. No more footsteps. Well, she stays deathly silent. As much as I've been enjoyed hanging out here in these places, I, we sh I should probably get out of here soon. That asshole's going to be coming back looking for me sooner or later. And I'd much rather be able to meet him on my own terms than in this cell. Oh, and I suppose you have a daring plan for uh, escape, do you? Daring? No, I don't do anything daring. As you say that, a crumpled piece of paper gets thrown at your feet from the shadows of the stairs. At mine? Yep, at Cass's. 
Uh, reach down, pick it up, look at it. This would be a good time to ask. Uh, is Cass literate? Yes. Okay. So as you read it, it says, don't try to escape. They don't think you really had anything to do with the king's mm-hmm. death. They are just showing strength to calm the people down. They will let you free soon from someone you can trust. Really wish I could order takeout with this too, because I'm getting tired of the bread and boiled meat. That's the only reason I came to this whole place. I just wanted some good food. 350 years of being of ship food is uh, no way to live. As you say that, uh, a guard comes down uh, to basically bring you your food. Any chance I can get some salt this time? Roll me a persuasion check or a charisma check. I'm rolling like shit this week. Because that is only a five, which becomes a ten. He rolls his eyes, reaches into his pocket, puts the salt on the platter, and says, if I give you this, will you stop complaining? Do you really want to know the answer to that? He starts to pick up the salt as like he's going to put it back in his pocket. You're just going to stay stoic. It's your call, man. You can either be my friend, or you can be somebody who I may have to deal with later. He pauses for a second. Give me an intimidation check with advantage. That's a nat 20. He remembers how the guards talked about how you fucking just decimated enemies out there. Puts the salt back on the tray and slides it uh, under the under the bars and says, well, it's up to you if you want to share that. I'm not bringing more. And then fair, leaves. Fair enough. So uh, about another two or three days pass of this. You guys, you know, get a chance to talk some more or just keep to yourselves completely up to you. Pass keeps trying to get these two to say something, but, you know, because he's just, you know, it's like, again, you guys seem to take this really well. I mean, you know, yeah, I mentioned 350 years and you guys like, whatever. So you, you believe me and have heard of people like me, or you think I'm full of shit? I, I don't I don't know. But sooner or later, that'll come in handy. One of these days, I might just have to. Probably gonna, probably, should. I haven't reached out to him in a while, and so when it, when Cass thinks about that, because it's been a while, he goes over back over to like a little corner, and then kind of you know kneels and. You know, almost in like a meditative stance and everything, and is just trying to reach out to his grandfather's spirit and just say, Jariah, I'm in the jail again. No, no, don't worry. It's not for anything I did this time. At least I don't think I did it. But if you got any advice on how to get out of here or what I should do, definitely use some of your wisdom on this one. You were still the smartest guy I ever knew, and I miss you. But we'll talk soon, again soon. And yeah, uh, you know, like those couple of extra days pass. Now you've kind of been in these cells for about two weeks now. And then some guards come down. They. Can I, can I say the Valyrian purple or something to say that Valyrian fashioned himself a small shiv? Give me. Hmm, what kind of check do I want that to be? I don't know. My gut says survival, but you're the DM. Yeah, give. I'm gonna ask for two rolls. Um, give me a survival check. This is gonna be a really okay. Sixteen will 
it's crassly made. It's not like you had a lot to go with. Um, and then also give me a sleight of hand check with disadvantage. Oh, I try to do disadvantage. It's the same as advantage. Right. Absolutely. You just take the lower of the two rolls. Okay. Well, that's a good thing they're both a 14. Okay. The guards come down just out of formality to lead you out of the dungeons. They do put your hands back in shackles. Kaz was doing calisthenics when they came in. <laughs> He's got to keep his keep in shape. Um, you know, gets you all shackled. As they go to shackle uh, Valyrian, the guy sees the handle of your shiv sticking out of your pocket, grabs it, throws it on the bed, shackles you, and then they take you out of prison. And now they take you up to a throne room. You see up there, that guy's not actually there, sorry. Um, they take you up to this throne room. You see just two knights standing on each side of the little daos. You see a well-dressed, clad nobleman standing next to the throne, not actually sitting on it. And on the other side, uh, you see kind of like this uh, lizard folk um, standing there, dressed in robes, has a big staff, and they're just standing there waiting for you guys to come in. So go ahead and drag yourselves onto the map at the lower end here. All right. So you, they, the the guards bring you in. They unshackle you, and as they do that, this noble uh, man walks forward. You see that he has a symbol, you know, on his chest that kind of resembles that he was on the the high court for the king. This man is the hand of the king. He's kind of a, a posh dude. He's about five seven, not super tall. Um, a little, a little overweight. Definitely looks like he hasn't had to work for anything in his life. You know, never seen combat. You know. Outside of fighting pits or anything like that. What's that? Sorry, personal joke. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> has never seen combat outside of like fighting pits or tournaments. Um, but, and you can, you can assume that back in the day, he probably was in better shape, but now he's holds a higher place. So he doesn't do anything for himself. Uh, this is the hand of the king. The one who has advised uh, King Johannes the Fourth, and he looks a little worried. And he he speaks up with a very clean and proper voice and says, "I am sorry for the weight and the formality of this imprisonment against you. Clearly, you were not a part of this attack, but rather held your own in defending the people of Pilus Maradal from across the lands. It seems." And then he looks directly at Cass and says so let me introduce myself I am the hand of the late king Johannes the fourth his uncle and now acting ruler of the realm my name is Jacobus of house Bruin he waits for a second no one seems to speak up so he says I'm sure you have many questions but what is most important is that darkness has been rising across the lands 
from many adversaries to the realm in our plane. I tried warning the king about it, but it fell on deaf ears. Now, I know many of you do not reside within our border, and I know you did not ask this of our kingdom. However, you seem to be those equipped to actually help combat this ever-growing threat of evil. So the throne must ask this of you. Go out and help find answers for the death of our king, and how grave of a threat this new evil truly imposes. And he pauses for a second to wait for any sort of response. You want to know how grave of a threat this is? It's the Dalkir, or at least some of their mi- stronger minions, most likely. Dalkir? thought that was old wives' tales and stuff from the mountains. Uh, of evil lurking below ground? What do you think the dwarves of the holds have done for generations? Part of our job is to make sure they don't come out from underneath the holds. Every now and then they do. Unfortunately, I think this particular one came from somewhere else. I've encountered him before in my travels. Where? Where have you encountered this creature? You probably won't believe me, but I encountered him in the Astral Sea. Huh. How? How did you get there? How did you get back? Well, I was taken there about 350 years ago by an unstable manifest zone uh, in the holds. I got back by means of a druid who was able to plane shift me back here once we were close enough. And if you have somebody who can cast the zone of truth, I will happily state that all again under it. He pauses for a second and thinks about this. And just says... Whether you are telling the truth or not is not really of consequence here because of how grave this threat has already presented itself. The city is in chaos. The outlying lands fall deeper and deeper into this darkness based on our intelligence. We need people to help restore order and peace. Isn't that what your army's for and your guards? A task seems monumental for just the three of us. Well, you would agree. Honestly, you're not Royal Guard nor Navy, but you seem to have skills. Plus, if you die, well, you can understand how it benefits us of not sending out resources when our nation is in shambles after the death of our king. So your true colors are shown, sir. Yeah, well, you can say that. Well, we are but fodder to you. That you would ask these ludicrous things of us? Let me be clear. This isn't really the throne asking for a favor, but more offering a choice. Embark on this mission or sit in the cells until a trial can be brought against you. A trial that will show random people all escaping a scene of assassination of the king. So, you go on this mission and you will find pardons, funding, and freedom. Or, await justice for the murder of the king, since you are the only ones left alive and clearly being of great strength and ability. What say you? 
Before you get a chance to answer, you see that same dark fog start to roll across the floor from the king's name day just a few weeks ago. Uh, I wanted to do an inside check to see if this guy would actually keep his word. Go for it. So that you, is a 15. With a 15, you can definitely see that he's clearly an asshole. But by having witnesses here, knights that are sworn to their honor of the throne, not to the ruler, and seeing this amphibious warlock as well, that there's at least the accountability that he is not lying about this opportunity to offer you pardons and funding and anything else like that. But you can also see that he's trying to do this like a business exchange is he doesn't want to use his newly appointed resources as acting ruler to send out knights and the king's guard or the navy to search the continent to find information. Can I um can Blair and roll a maybe a history check or something to remember if his name's ever popped up during any of his um calm investigations? Yeah, give me a either a history or an intelligence check. I'll say at advantage, but a DC 16. DC 15. But yeah. So with a 17, you know that uh, Jacobus has was only well has been the hand of the king for his entire rule which has only been about five or six years but he was also the hand of the king who was his brother King Johannes the third for for many years um, has never been caught up in any sort of scandal but always has looked for the cheapest option to yield the highest result And then, like I said, that fog starts to roll in. Just covering the floor, it's not more than knee height. It doesn't impend any sort, like impede any sort of movement or anything like that. Well, shit. And suddenly, you see some cult fanatics and one, no, not one, two other cultists appear. And I need everyone to roll for initiative. Make sure if you click on your character token and then click it so you get added to the order. Dang, with how crappy it is, I'm not rolling too horrible for initiative. Chad, didn't you say there was something where he clicked my character then it would pop up on the thing for initiative? But Yeah, you click on your token and then click roll your initiative and it'll be added to the order. Sometimes up by like that navigation bar on the left side, a thing will pop up that says initiative. Oh, yeah, it hasn't been doing that for me lately. That's why I was asking. Oh. So. That's a 20 for me. Okay. Sorry. Okay. So I got all of those. Uh. Right, so we've got that. Okay. So Cult Fanatic. That guy, we're gonna do that. Do uh, do we have our weapons and such? Or? Yes, as they as they unshackled you, sorry, they returned your weapons to you. It's like all of our everything, all of our belongings. 
Yep, and you've had long rests, so you know, like, you have all of your spell slots and everything like that. That was going to be my question, too. About the weapons. Oh. Okay. So, the first person to act is this warlock. What he is going to do is he is just going to walk up I didn't get added. You did not get added. What What did you have again? He had a 20. Okay. An unnatural 20. 30, 20. Okay. Everyone else is on there, though. Okay, cool. Okay. So. Uh, this warlock is going to walk up and cast invisibility on the hand of the king the acting king so disappears and you can only assume that he probably also ran away after that um so then that's going to be the cultist turns one of them is just going to walk up here the other one's going to walk up to there and where are they uh the first one's going to swing on valyrian with his scimitar I'm assuming that everyone's seen I'm that. I'm trying to call you out here, but I got it. I rolled a 20. You're right. Fuck me. You go first. Okay. <laughs> so when Valyrian sees these guys just kind of come out of the woodworks, I won't say he gets like frightened, but he definitely gets um, rather startled. And he's actually going to kind of retreat back. Oops. He's going to retreat up towards the like throne area. Um, and then, sorry, I gotta read this. <laughs> sorry. No, that's perfect because I just gotta grab something from my car. I know if you go at all range, then that makes sense for me to knock them down. So, out of curiosity, if would you allow a um, if I since since just since I went first, if I darted back up here and created a minor illusion would you think I could pass that off as something that they didn't know that I created Does that makes sense yes um that's not my answer but I, I understand what you're saying um so is that a so you would cast the cantrip minor illusion okay yeah kind of as I was running back towards this uh towards the throne here cast a minor illusion. Basically what I would like to do, um, cast a minor illusion of a about a larger than a 15 foot cube. Like a 15 foot tall giant where I kind of right by where I was somewhere over here. Yeah, I mean you can cast it, but that's going to be your action. Right. What would it be like a would I have to roll anything to because I would assume that if I ran and cast it, like they would, you know, suddenly a giant just you know, poofed um for them to see beyond it they have to do a saving throw okay so you, you could cast it it would be there um they wouldn't but, just automatically know that okay well well they have to do a, a really save, an intelligence saving throw if they fail they think it's a real thing okay is what i'm understanding right dave uh so it's a investigation check to determine if it's a loser or not but it wasn't here when they came into the room, so they would know it's fake. 
That's a good point. That's fair. Okay. <clears throat> Scratch that. So I'm going to retreat back up to here. And then on probably... problem I have with some of these spells and stuff is that it, it's, it says like within range, but I don't know if that is... Is that my movement range or is that spell casting range? What's uh, the spell? I should spell? say what the range is for each spell. Well, it's, I'm trying to cast Mind Sliver. Um, oh, okay. I was, it, it doesn't say it where it says range, but it does say 60 feet. Yeah, so within 60 feet. That's most of this room, so... Okay. Um... Well, from where you're standing, it's everyone in this room, but... Alright, so I'm going to run back here, and I'm just going to cast um, Mind Sliver on this guy down. One of the... I'm not sure what they are. The spiky head dudes down um, at the other end of the, the room. Cool. They're like low lever, low level cult followers. So they have to succeed on an intelligence saving throw, or take 1d6 psychic damage, and subtract a d4 from their next saving throw before the end of my next year. Uh, what kind of save was it? Sorry? Uh, in- intelligence. intelligence. Yep. So a six. That I'm assuming that that fails. I assume as well. Yeah. So it's, he takes 1d6 damage of psychic. And then on a... Oh, three. On a f- fail, is he like frightened or anything like that? No, he has... On his next saving throw, he has minus 1d4 to that roll. Okay. All right. So then that is the cultist's turn. Um, <clears throat> unless you have more, sorry. No, not not really a bonus action per se, but um, just like as he kind of, as soon as Valyrian casts that, he kind of like turns around away from all of the action and just like takes it, takes a few like panic breaths, panicked breaths, and digs his little uh, mask out of his out of his satchel and claps that thing on. Okay. okay, so then the cultists are going to come up. Uh, the first cultist is going to attack Caster uh, with their scimitar. That's a crit, but only for five. Good God. Um, so that's five damage to, to cast. The other one is going to swing on Luminora. Misses. That is going to now be the warlock's turn. They are well, just... Didn't he make the guy invisible? Yeah, so basically everything that happened, then he's just going to come stand behind the throne just to basically give himself a little bit of cover depending on who may or may not attack. Uh, And then that is Cass. That's you. All right. I look at this guy, comes up, stabs me for five with his little scimitar. You picked the wrong dwarf to mess with, buddy. And I swing my warhammer on him. Ooh, that's only 11. That's probably not going to hit. Uh, on the cultist, not quite. And then, uh, yeah, I'm not going to do anything with the bonus action this turn. Okay. So that will be the knights. They're going to run up on the cult fanatics here. And then they're just going to make it... Actually, one is going to stay back, but the one that charges... Gonna swing his greatsword twice, misses, hits for 14, and then the other one is going to use his crossbow uh, at the other cult fanatic there. 15 hits, but only for two. So it is but a flesh wound. All right, that's Luminar. Uh, you're muted, I think. 
Sorry, thank you. So the reaction, I can get that by guy by me, right? Yeah. Okay. So I'll do that first of all. Yeah. Is it within ten feet? Yeah, when they enter within ten feet, she can use her reaction. Yeah, so you can hit either the one that is right next to you that swung and missed, or the one in front of cast. I'll do the one right next to me. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, it's a DC six thirteen for your spell save. Either way, he fails. Uh, so roll a d4. I got a three. A three? Yeah. Okay. Um, and I mean, he starts coughing up like bits of mushrooms and stuff like that. Like this hurt him. Oh dang. Okay. Um, I am going to do entangle, but for that, do I need to back up, or can I can I do it right where I'm standing? You can do it right where you're standing. There's not an attack roll associated with it. Okay. So I will go ahead and do that then. Do you have the icons, chat, or I could drag it out? Oh, I do have them, actually. Uh, entangle, is that a 20-foot radius? Yeah, so, well, it's a 20, it's a 4x4 four four square. 4x4 four four square, okay. Oh, oh, I, what, why, I bought the pack, why is it not there? It should be under your... Oh, premium. Uh, <laughs> right? Templates, should, yeah. There it is, I was like, um, excuse me, I bought this. Okay, so how do you, just like that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. And that just creates difficult terrain, or they have to do saves, or? It's a strength saving throw, or they are restrained. Okay, so strength. Um, That's a big fail. <laughs> or So, so first, this, first one, one, this one here passes. The one that is over here is restrained. And then the two cultists definitely restrained, definitely restrained. So the two cultists super restrained, super restrained. And then they also are at disadvantage. Uh, they're at disadvantage. They can't move because their speed is zero and their attacks are at disadvantage and all attacks on them have advantage. Okay. I like that. So yeah, just the, the one back here is the only one that is not restrained, but the other three are. Yeah, and going forward, it is a strength check. So if they had any bonuses to her saving throws, they don't get it going forward. But they, they probably don't. Uh, yeah, none, they of them have... for, none of them for strength, no. Yep. So if you oh. wanted to back up Shalone, they'd be at disadvantage to hit you walking away now. Okay, can I move the full 30 feet? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Just wondering. Okay. I will move to right there. Okay. Nine misses. Okay. So now that is the cult fanatics. We will start with this guy is going to run up on the night because they're more concerned about the, the leadership and stuff like that. Not as concerned with you and no one's hit him yet. Um, it's going to swing... Uh, so that's 8, 11 to that first night. They're they're pretty hefty. Still, you've rolled on a lot of crits. I'm cheating. That's how. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, the other one that was we all know this is gonna swing on the other night. Misses, misses. Uh, this one. Oh, oh, sorry. I oh, how did that guy get included? Yeah. So if you so click on the. I was gonna say the other way is what I do is you put it on the map. Yeah, you right click and move it to the map layer. Smart. That's so much better. Um, this one's gonna run up and swing on cast and you haven't done shield of faith yet so instead um i'll take four piercing and then it's a strength save for this other guy to try and get free yeah and that takes his action if he does that if he fails does he take damage no he's just still stuck and restrained okay he's still stuck Mm mm-hmm all right, that's back to the top of the order with Valyrian. Okay. Um, after he puts his uh, little mask on, he turns around. I would say with a much more serious face, but you can't really see it. He is going to... I guess that wouldn't make much sense because he can't move. Since he has advantage, he's going to run up and hit one of these uh, cultists that's attacking the guards since he's the closest one to him. With this rapier, um, we're just—if I'm mistaken—where are you getting advantage from? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, on, um, oh wait, I might be thinking of the wrong thing. You, you might be right. I mean, you could take a couple more steps and just get to the backside of him, and then you'd be flanking with advantage. I mean, he'll still trigger sneak attack, is what I think you're thinking about. Yeah, but I think I think I might have been—I uh, might have actually been thinking about steady aim. Both actually use something. No, nope. yeah, that's sneak attack. Yeah, sneak yeah, attack is when there's there's he's engaged by another friendly. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so still, he is engaged. I get advantage for everything, Chad. That's fair. So yeah, I'm gonna run up and with advantage, Valerian um, pulls out his uh, his rapier, kind of has it in like a like a backwards um, grip. Sokotano style. Sokotano style. Opa Tano. <laughs> I was going to say, Opa Sokotano style. And uh, he tries to take a slash at him. Okay. If I can. 17 hits for four. So four plus a nine. five, so that's a total of nine. And then he's going to use his cunning action to disengage with him. Let's see, that was, uh, he's going to kind of run over right into the, kind of the middle of the, the room. Okay. So then that's the cultist. Uh, the first one that's right next to Cass is just going to swing at disadvantage. Misses. The other one is going to try and get unrestrained and misses. And is still stuck. Um, that comes back to the the warlock who is just trying to keep some distance and is just going to shoot an Eldritch Blast at that cult fanatic that is within sight. Misses. Um, and it's just going to stay there. So then that's back to you, Cass. Uh, I look at this cultist who's now all tangled up in vines and just put a big smile on my face and go, yeah, it's really not your day, is it? And then I'm going to swing my warhammer on him. That is a 24 to hit with advantage. The 13 would have hit too. Well, because he's right next to the other guy, I'm going to put a little rocket fuel behind this hammer. (laughs) 
and add a divine smite onto it. Good fucking god. So that's only ten total. That was a really shitty roll on damage. Oh like, well, that's that's that one. It was a one on my weapon damage die, and then my smites rolled two, like a pair of twos. So, well, the the cleaving damage didn't do a whole whole lot, but you swing the hammer through. Doesn't I mean it's it's a person with a spiky helmet. So basically, what happens is you collide with the side of its head, crushes it in, and the spike of his helm goes into the shoulder of the cult fanatic for. One point of damage. I could have rolled like anything reasonable that would have probably done a lot more. <laughs> All right. Anything else for Cass? Uh, yeah, I will bonus action shield of faith myself this time. Okay. So that adds plus two. Mm-hmm. Okay, sweet. So that now it is the knight's turn. Uh, the first one is going to swing just as great sword twice second one hits for 11 just clangs gets parried and then follows it up with an upward stroke for pretty decent damage that dude's looking pretty hurt the other knight is going to swing his great sword 15 hits for 21 and just fucks this dude up they are on death's door their arm is hanging on. Basically, just the tendon wasn't cut. But other than that, one arm is just hanging off of this cult fanatic and just looks like he's on the verge of shitting his pants. All right, and that's back to Luminara. Um, These, like, railings here in the middle of the map, I can, like, hop over that, right? Yeah, the shadow says that they're railings, but more or less, I just think it, the way that I anticipate this is that it's, like just decorative tiling. Okay, so, you so can I can definitely the, cross over it. Yeah, you can ignore the them as railings. I didn't realize that they were railings until you said railings, and then I saw the shadow, so. <laughs> okay, I think I am going to... Go for this guy. Okay. With uh, chill touch here. Okay. Hopefully that went through. Definitely hits. Roll for damage. Five. Okay, fantastic. And then anything else you want to do? I don't know. Other than healing touch, I don't know what else you have for bonus actions. Or if you want to use the rest of your movement to go someplace else, you can. I'll or stay you, back. Or you could go symbiotic entity. No, she cast this cantrip, so she can't. Because that's an action. Oh, oh it's yeah. an action? I thought it was a bonus action. My bad. Okay, so then that goes down to the cult fanatics. This first one that is still entangled. Uh, the one fighting the knight that is just looking pretty fucked up but not actually dead is going to throw daggers, misses both times. The other one that's on death door is going to do the same, misses with both. The one next to Cass is going to just keep throwing daggers, I guess. Uh, 22 hits for five piercing and misses. So you take five. Just foot, foot. And one clangs off the armor and the other one just hits that gap. Definitely keep up your shield of faith. That is back to the top with Valyrian. 
Valerian is going to. Where is it? Was it this guy? Might have missed it. Did you say that this guy here is is looking pretty rough? No, it's this one. Okay. This guy is looking pretty hurt. This guy is on death's door. This guy has been hit, but he's not too messed up. This guy's a little fucked up. And this guy still has full health, but he's just kind of like trapped in a corner. Like the vines wrapped up around his legs and attached themselves to the pillar that he's up against. I love that. All right. So in true Valyrian fashion, he's going to rush up, avoiding the entangling snare of these vines. And again, he's going to hit with his rapier, hopefully as he uh, rushes by with a 14. 14 hits. So roll for damage. That's an 11 damage uh, plus 9, so 20 damage. He's looking really messed up. He is not having a good time. He's then going to go almost right back to where he was, right uh, kind of behind Caster. All right. So now it's the remaining cultist turn, trying to break out. 14 finally does, but that's his action. Mm-hmm. Um, but he still gets his movement, or is this at the end of his turn? He still gets his movement, but it costs him... 10 feet of movement to get out of it because it's difficult terrain. Okay. He's not too smart. He's going to come up here so he has his pick of enemies but is not a very intelligent guy. Um, so then that goes to the warlock who's just going to Eldritch Blast again keeping some distance uh, to the one that's on death's door. It definitely hits. You just see this cult fanatic just basically pink mist just into blood and guts everywhere and drops uh then that is cast well you know to quote a great artist it's hammer time and that is a critical that is a natural 20 fuck that 20 i'll drink to that yeah if he wasn't so wounded i would put a smite into it but it's not worth it uh, no, I, it was still turned on, so hold on. that's why I did that. Uh, Either way, finish him. You don't, you don't have to take the smite. Well, it was 11 plus... It was 18 damage, so... So, the yeah, plus, so, The plus 7 alone finishes him. <laughs> yeah, so that's just... I just look at him, and I just uppercut him with the hammer, and I knock him square back into that pillar behind him. So as you do that, you notice that it's just the body. And then a second later, the head lands exactly where he was standing. It just pops straight up like a sock and bop and robot and then plops back down. But the body's no longer there. And then I turn around to the guy who walked up behind me and I just crack my neck like, all right, now I'm warmed up. He looks terrified. <laughs> like, he just looks at and goes, honestly, dude, I don't even like working here. These guys are weird. And then that is the knights so the first knight that's still engaged with the dude that's there does that just gores him straight through the chest into the wall you hear stone crack as the sword goes all the way through him and cracks the wall this other knight is just going to take a step off to the side and shoot his crossbow at the cultist that is standing there and goes right through 
because he turned to you when he saw you turn around and crack your neck. He's terrified. And before you get to do anything, Cass, you see an arrow burst through the back of his head, out his eye, and he slumps over. Sucks to be you. (laughs) And that is Luminara. There's just the one cult fanatic that is still tied up in your vines down here, just struggling, has not been able to break out, but is just trapped watching everyone else get murked around him. And he's suddenly really regretting wearing a red shirt slash cloak. I get it. <laughs> Star Trek reference. Okay, so tea time question. Um, if I used Thorn Whip on him, could I do that and drag him through the entangled? Yeah. Okay. It doesn't break it unless he leaves the square, but I think Thorn Whip, I don't know how far it pulls him off the top of my head. Um, I think it said it's a 30 feet thing, and then it brings them 10 feet closer. Yeah, so it only pull them two spaces closer. But d- with Entangled, they don't take damage from moving through it, right? No, but he'd still be restrained because he's still within the, the square. But if she pulled him out of the square, he would no longer be restrained. Let's see here. But she would only pull him 10 feet, so she could yeah, pull so him she... Like, into the middle of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. But I think Thorn Whip, I don't remember what its damage is. It's like... 1d6 piercing? Yeah, so your Chill Touch has potential to do more. Okay, so I'll do Chill Touch then. And... Chill Touch is 1d8. And you have advantage on the attack roll. Okay, I will do that one. Can I do that from where I'm standing? I don't know how to get that line. It's got a 120 foot range. You're probably more than good. Yeah. And that body that's in front of you is on the ground, so there's nothing blocking you. So it's you. Clear. Okay. Yeah. So I will do that. I'm going to go ahead and roll on Chill Touch. 13 hits. Nice. Four. Four. Okay. Okay, so then that is that Cult Fanatic's turn. They're going to try and break out. They're still stuck. So that is back up to Valyrian. He is going to... Fish in a barrel. Just one so of the knights you hear yells, Hell yes, brother! <laughs> Alright, he's going to... Valyrian eyes in his uh, next and final target. Says, you're mine now. See, that is... Avoiding the entangle, of course. He quickly and deftly runs up. Swipes him right here for a 23 to hit. 23 hits. <clears throat> Since I have advantage, it does yep. 4 damage plus the 2d6 for an extra 6, so 10 damage. Um, and then I guess I should ask Dave is do I need to roll Booming Blade or is that just it goes with the, the hit? It automatically goes with it, but it would only trigger if he moved, which he can't. Right. Well, I guess he's not. He's probably not going to get another turn anyway. So, yeah, I'm going to then just kind of uh, back up 10 feet there. All right. So you used pretty much all your movement to get up there because you only have, what, 30 feet of movement? 30, no, yeah, 30. My bad. Yeah. So you could do, you could move, you could do a, you know, cutting action dash, but he'll just get an attack on you at disadvantage. I'll just, I'll just do the five feet that I have left. 
Okay. He still gets an attack on you. Yeah. Oh. Oh, well, no, you could use your disengage if you're using your last five feet, so. So then it's the Warlock's turn. I think that at this point in time, from where the Warlock is, and they're just kind of in protection mode and keeping distance, that they're just going to hold. Uh, They're going to just step to this side and just hold a reaction um, in case that cult fanatic breaks out. Uh, So then that is cast. Well, unfortunately, I can't get up to him because I... That's difficult terrain, so it would slow me down. I mean, if I don't one, two, I mean, with 15 feet of movement, but that's, I mean, I think, yeah, it's 15 feet. I would need 30 feet of movement, which I don't have as a dwarf. I can only I move stubby 20, legs. I can only move 25 feet. So, short stubby legs. So I'll just stow my hammer, and then I will pull out a javelin and throw it at him. <laughs> Here, I thought you were just going to, like, wait. No. Uh, I'll just throw a javelin at him with advantage. Man of action. That Six, is a 16 to hit. It does. And, um, yeah, that's five. I don't think dueling style actually works on ranged attacks. That's an interesting question. Fighting style dueling. Uh, yeah, melee weapon. So it's only five. Okay. Looking hurt. Uh, so then that's the two knights turn. First one's just going to step up for a more clean shot. They have advantage with their crossbow for six. The other one shoots and misses. Now this... I don't know why that's not working. There it goes. The cult fanatic is looking fucked up. You know, cuts and slashes across their body an arrow sticking out of a shoulder. They're just not doing great at all. And that's uh, Luminora. I'm going to tail touch him. Here. Roll for damage. Definitely hits. Great. Six. Dude's on death's door. Looking, just regretting every life choice that led him here. Crying a little bit. Blood starting to run out of his nose out of the corner of his mouth as just he's just getting beat up on and can't move. He just has to take it. Um, But that is the cult fanatic's turn is going to try and get out with a nat 20. He does. Just going to take a step to the side and is going to do nothing. Oh yeah, that's it's a fucking action. You're right. Dude is trying so, so hard Damn. to just stay alive, and it's not going good. Uh, that is now Valyrian's turn. Uh, did you just hold out your rapier? Or did, did he fall oh, on it? Actually, I'm sorry. The warlock was holding its attack in case it freed itself. Uh, it's just going to Eldritch Blast it. But it misses. But he misses. <clears throat> so Valerian watches this guy struggle, bloody, manage to get out of there, and uh, lets out like a little, little laugh behind his mask, just like a, I don't want to say like an evil laugh, but it's definitely not like a friendly laugh. 
and he's gonna cast Mind Sliver on it. Right, and what does that do? It's a DC 12 intelligence save. Okay, intelligence. And he, oh, never mind, that's not it, never mind. Scratch that. Finish him. Um, let me read this. Sorry, I have to read this now. Oh, he just takes five psychic damage, so he's dead, is what you said. Yeah, he did. He had two hit points left. Um, well, I was trying to read exactly what Mind Sliver does, but um, it gives him a penalty on the next saving throw. You drive a disorienting spike of psychic energy into the mind. So I'm gonna say like he gets like this smile on his face after finally having gotten out of that entanglement, and then I just I, I shoot this uh, Mind Sliver, and you just see like the this. Uh, piercing psychic energy just like hit his brain and his, his eyes roll over the back of his head and like that smile just like very slowly dies as he's completely well brain dead and he just kind of falls to his knees then face plants onto the floor as he drops in his final breath you hear him say how dare you deny the glory to Zozeb and drops. Valyrian takes off his mask and, put, mask and puts it back. Ah, oh, I knew I've heard that voice somewhere before. Or that, that name, sorry. At the end of that, the noble reappears and walks around the throne and looks at you and just goes, So, do we have a deal? And that's where we're going to end our episode. Damn. And that is why Entangle is such a great spell. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yes. Ah, And so if uh, our listeners like this and would like to support us, please head on over to buymeacoffee.com slash allthingsnerd. We love coffee. Oh, coffee's the best. Um, Also, like, share, subscribe. Uh, to stay up to date on episodes, updates, and announcements. And is there anything that you all would like to plug for the end of this episode? I don't have anything this week. Uh, Still early summertime. I might have some things later, or if I ever get back to doing stuff on YouTube, maybe I'll plug that. All right. Anyone else? I'm kind of in the same boat. Not this week. All right. Perfect. Well, uh, just like last week, uh, if you're into other nerd stuff, TV, movies, film, comics, things like that, uh, check out another one of our podcasts over at the All Things Nerd Podcast. You can go to allthingsnerdpodcast.com or find it wherever you get your podcasts. That's it from us. Goodbye from Kobolds in the Basement. Later. Bye-bye. See ya.